Hey, what's up, Lonely Stans? I'm gonna get right into it. I know you haven't heard from me in a while, and I don't I really have a good reason for that, uh, and I don't like it when intros to podcasts or videos take too long, so I'm gonna dive in. So I have been thinking a lot about the... How, how do I even say this? The... The, the the channel, the, the cable channel that has monopolized people's, people's trauma. And that is TLC, the learning channel. Now, I'm not talking about the current TLC, okay? I'm talking about, like, the original, I, I think it's changed names since then, or at least, like, it's changed its branding a lot, okay? I'm talking about, like, the OG TLC, like, all of the mess. Like, I think TLC is potentially one of the messiest channels in existence, or at least it used to be. So, I thought, you know, let's let's reflect. Let's reflect on some of the best and the worst TLC shows. And, of course, I have my tier list categories. And they're as follows. The first category is called Please Stop Having Kids. There are a lot in that category. <laughs> just think about it. Just, th- just think about the shows that you know. Like, some of the most popular shows that you know on TLC. Like, there's already what you already know. You already know the main one, but, like, there's others. Uh, the next one is Shows I Watch When Nothing Else Is On. And this is, like, kind of in the past tense, right? Because I don't just, like, channel surf like I used to when I was a when I was a kid, when I was a tween. So, you know, the shows, if it's, you know, I'm bored on a Saturday, I got nothing else to do. I turn on, it, these shows were always on on TLC, but they weren't like my go-tos. I was just kind of like, all right, yeah, I guess this, this show is chill. But it wasn't ever like, oh, let's watch. That's that category. The next one is called Turning Trauma into Trillions. I know, I did a little bit of alliteration there. Tim O'Brien is quaking. <laughs> the audacity for me to compare. <laughs> to, never mind. Um, you know, the shows that I feel exploited the trauma of people that really didn't need a TV show and kind of just like needed help. Yeah. Um, but of course, it's better. It's easier to exploit them for money. So, of course, that's why it's called turning trauma into trillions. Next category is I don't know enough about them to really comment. Like, I didn't watch it. There's only a few of those, but one of them you might be disappointed to hear that I don't have a lot to say on, but we'll get to that. And then the last category, this is the the God-tier equivalent of this. I'm calling it the Harry Styles of TLC shows. Now, I don't want to hear it. I don't... Harry Styles is the best that One Direction has to offer. And to those of you who say, well, Zayn's more talented. Zayn who? Zayn with what albums that are out? Zayn with what publicity? Like, what is is he doing? Exactly. Niall, we love him. Like, Niall's kind of like the watch when nothing else is on. (laughs) Oof, I said it. I mean, he came out with an album called The Show. It's like, be a little bit more, like, I get it, but it's no Harry's house. Come on. There's, you know, there's like the show that could be anybody's album. Harry's house. That's a Grammy award winning album. 
Don't get me started on that, though, because I'm not sure how Beyonce has seven albums out and has, has yet to win that award. Congratulations to Harry, but come on. Come on. I'm not going to go into that, though. And then, you know, Louis, he had that one good song with BB Rexa, and then he who must not be named, Mr. Uh, is it called Buckle Fat? Mr. Buckle Fat Removal. That trend is hopefully going to die as... <laughs> this is bad. That trend is hopefully going to die... This Okay, the, I need to word this differently, because I... Let me just say what I'm going to say, but then I'm going to back it up. That The buckle fat removal trend is hopefully going to die as quickly as some of these people who are getting way too much surgery do. Now, that's not... that's The way that I'm wording it, it's not saying that I want these people to die. I'm saying that I want the trend to die because of how dangerous it is to people and how life-threatening these things can be. Because it's like, oh, it's just a little harmless pr- plastic surgery. And, you know, like, you do you, but also, like, it is dangerous, and, like, the more and more you get, the more and more surgery you get, the more likely there is to be a complication. So, Liam Payne, your days are numbered. <laughs> there's, a re- there's a reason you have the last name that you have, okay? Uh, he said, he said, my cheekbones, strip that down. <laughs> okay, now let's get to it. First, sh- I'm just gonna, I-, I have my list, and you know what? Have I forgotten one or two, or probably more? Yes, okay? These are just the ones that... You know, from a quick internet lookup slash me just remembering them from the top of my head, okay? The first one is Say Yes to the Dress. Now, this is, I think, the perfect example of a show that I would watch when nothing else is on. Because who really wants to sit around and watch people who have, like, a $20,000 budget for a wedding dress? Like, come on. Like, like I, I remember watching one episode where she goes in and she's like, yeah, I think my budget is like 5000 They're like, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to get anything for you. I'm like, 5000 I mean, I know some people pay that much for a wedding dress, but like, at least rent it or something, you know? Like, be, make it a little bit more sustainable or something. So, you know, it's meaningless. It's fun, though. It's fun to, you know, see different people's personalities and how that translates into what dresses they pick. And I will say, I think the most interesting part of the show is seeing how many uh, family members slash close friends that come to the wedding dress fittings that think that their opinion is more important than the person who's trying on the dress. You know what I'm saying? Like, they'll come out in a dress that they obviously love and they're like, no, no, I hate it you can't wear it. And it's like this whole conflict. And it's like, okay, are you the one buying the dress? Are you the one wearing it? Like it, I, I've been to a couple of friends wedding dress shoppings before. And granted, my friends have good taste, but if they came out in a dress that just looked absolutely like, I'm like, you would be embarrassed walking down the aisle in that. Of course I would say something. But at the same time, it's like, if they're like, this is the one they like, love it so much. I'd be like, you know, First, I would wait for them to ask for my opinion, right? Which, I guess, if you're inviting somebody to your wedding dress fitting, you probably want their opinion. But there's a, there's a way to do it without prioritizing yourself. Uh, I'd be like, you know, I'm glad that you like it. Happy for you. Um, you know, I would just say, not it's not my favorite, but uh, happy for you. But that's never happened because my friends have good taste. And so it's always just kind of been like, ooh, these are, there are a couple of good choices. Help me narrow it down kind of a thing. 
So yeah, say yes to the dress. Really good Saturday afternoon. Uh, fodder, if you will. Alright, next show. My 600 pound life. Now this show. This one is a turning trauma into trillions. And it kind of dips into the I don't know nothing enough about it category. Because I can't say that I've ever watched an episode of this show from beginning to end. But like I've seen clips. And I feel like some of those clips are like made as like reaction memes on Twitter. And it's just like... I don't know. It makes me so sad because it's like these people like obviously they need help. You know, I, I feel like if if you're at the point where like you can't physically move yourself around by yourself, like that's indicative of like a much de- like a deep problem that needs to be addressed, probably like in therapy or whatever. Uh, not by, you know, a camera crew following you around and like being like oh my gosh like we have to get this footage of her falling over like everybody's gonna think that's so funny like that come on we're better than this so yeah that show it's just it's it 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 leaves me feeling icky because it's like okay we're obviously like capitalizing on these people's misery but isn't that what tlc is for next <laughs> I have one in the list, but I'm actually gonna save it for last. I'm gonna put a star next to it because I wanna I really wanna talk about this one, but okay, next is Sister Wives. <sighs> what a an, again, what another messy show. And I hate to say it, uh I don't really know enough about this show either. It's not one that I really again, I don't think I've watched it a, an episode from beginning to end. I'd kind of like see it on and be like, oh, this show. You know, the guy with, like, long hair that has, you know, multiple wives and they have, like, a whole family system. Um, I just remember as a kid being like, how does this show work? Because isn't this illegal? But I don't think that's true. I don't know. I don't know enough about it to really comment more. So next we have, ooh, one of the ickiest shows, in my opinion, Toddlers and Tiaras. I think this show goes under the please stop having kids category. Look, I get it, okay? I know that beauty pageants are perhaps maybe like a cultural phenomenon that I am not aware, or I'm not familiar with. Like, I didn't grow up in that sphere. I, I don't really live in the part of the country, I guess, that that's like a thing. Or, you know, in the in the tax bracket where there's that that's a thing. And it's like, okay, beauty pageants all good and well, but beauty pageants for children? Who are these for? Because if you watch the show, it's definitely not for the kids. <laughs> like, they're like, cry- like, they're exhausted. They're crying. They're like, I don't want to put this itchy dress on. They're like, it's, who's it for? Usually it's for their moms. Come on. But I mean, that's the most innocent answer, right? It's like, who else would show up? Like, if you, if I, as a teacher, showed up to, like, a children's beauty pageant, I would expect to be put on a watch list. Like, I would expect to get, like, a warning. Because why? 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 And, like, I understand, oh, you know, they have, like, a talent show aspect. Just do a talent show. Why do you got to make the main focus, like, these little girls putting on a bunch of makeup to look a lot older and then, like, dressing up? You know, you know? 
Um, this could also go in the turning trauma into trillions, but I don't think, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of the kids on that show are traumatized, except I think the way the show was set up, um, it wasn't like you were following the same people the whole time. It was like every episode, it was like a couple different girls. So I don't know how like intrusive one episode can be, but it's like, come on guys, are we really doing this? Icky. Next is uh, Breaking Amish or Return to Amish. I don't really know the difference. Um, I like to think that they're related because, you know, they're both about Amish people. And uh, my mom likes watching Return to Amish, so I've been watching it with her. And it's quite an interesting show. Um, there's actually, like, a lot of tea. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's it's kind of cool to follow the lives of these people who, like have broken away from this very, like, fundamentalist, um, organization they've been a part of, and kind of, like, experiments, and, like, have life happen to them, and I think it's interesting how, like, all these people that left, like, they still stay connected with each other, and I think the most interesting, I was about to say character, it's not a character, it's a person, who, oh, I'm trying to think of, like, there was, like, an author or somebody that said, like, they were, t- they were talking about how, like, oh, these characters are interesting to talk about, but it was, like, actually real people, and it's, like, they're not characters. I, I'm sure I'll think of it later. If you know what I'm talking about, text me or comment on, and let me know, because I'm trying to remember it. Anyway, I think the most interesting person to me is the mom, who she, so she's been banished, I think is what they call it because she is in contact with her some of her children or like kids who are like now like her children that have left the Amish community but she's still like a practicing Amish so like she can't go back into the Amish community but she's still like she still wears the clothes and like the the headpiece thing and like goes to church and stuff but like She's she is just chilling and sitting and talking with all of these like young adults that are like her kids and I think that's really interesting. Um so I don't know what category this show would go under. Mm, it doesn't really fit in any of my any of my categories cuz I mean, maybe watch when nothing else is on. I think it's a little bit better. It deserves a little bit more credit than that. But I guess that is kind of what I do. Like if my mom's watching it and I I'm not doing anything. I'll, like, watch an episode or two and tune into the tea. Uh, basically, all of these, like, poorly adjusted people, like, you know, ex- experiencing life. Next. Extreme couponing. Couponing, couponing, couponing. Couponing doesn't sound right. Hear me out. <laughs> this show was so good. <laughs> I really liked the show. I thought it was so fascinating to see, like, I mean, it was, for the most part, it was, like, moms, right, that had, like, big, that had big families, but, I mean, these, these, again, characters, these people who, like, they were so organized and strategic about the way, you know, they sorted their coupons, they, like, you know, double-checked to make sure that none of them would cancel each other out, 
And like they had to plan, oh, you know, if I want to get this discount, I have to buy this much of this product, but like I don't need more than this amount or else I'm going to go over my my money limit. And then like it, if you've never seen the show, please watch an episode because there is nothing like the adrenaline rush. So uh, this is this is kind of the structure of the show and it follows like the story of a couple different people every episode. So you see them like you know, they show you their, like, weird, quirky, like, oh, this is my coupon binder, you know, this is my, like, apocalypse basement that we store, (laughs) that we store the, like, uh, 100 pounds of grain that I got on sale, or, like, for free because of my coupons, you know, um, I feel like a lot of the extreme coupon families are, like, uh, what's the word, doomsday preppers, because it's, like, why do you need, like, 500 bottles of laundry detergent, you know, if the zombies weren't coming, uh, I get it, it's for, it's for, it's, it's for the, it's for the thrill, these are thrill seekers, if you don't think that extreme couponing is a thrill-seeking activity, watch one of these episodes, so this is the setup, they show you, like, their strategies, their coupon binders, how they sort, they, they usually interview members of the family who are, like, yeah, that's mom, she spends five hours a day couponing when we're all at school, and it's, like, you know, this whole thing, and then part two is when they go to the store, usually with, like, a couple of people, and they all, like, have a cart, and they have this little caravan, and, you know, inevitably, they they always get good shots of people, like, looking at them in shock, like, whoa, is she really gonna, is she really gonna put all the available toilet paper in her cart, and she does, And then the last part, this is the adrenaline rush. They get to the checkout. Now you wouldn't think, you know, checkout's usually boring. It's an everyday, in an everyday situation, you know, you look at the tabloids, it's about stories that you don't care about. You're waiting your turn. Sometimes you grab a stack of gum to throw in there. You have a little small talk with with the cashier. They ring you up. You get your receipt that you immediately throw away because we now have electronic uh, electronic records of all transactions, and then you leave. But no. Because, you see, the way that couponing works, there's a risk, okay? There might be maybe some rule or exception to the coupon that you didn't know. Or maybe, oh no, I, I didn't check the date and this coupon's actually expired. And because it's so carefully planned out, it's like a domino effect. Because it's like, okay, well, if I can't get this much of this item because the coupon's expired, then I won't get this sale because it was like, buy two of this, get one of this free. And so it's like, oh. And so they're like ringing it up and they're, they ring up all their stuff. And so you see like the, the, the initial cost, like what they would just pay out of pocket. And then they do the coupons and you can just see the price going down. And then they like compare you know, how much they thought they were going to save versus how much they saved. It's insane. Let me, you know what? Let me look up. I'm really curious to see. I want to see most money saved on extreme couponing because, um, let's see. Who went to jail from extreme couponing? What? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Lorianne Talens, 41, was ordered to pay the money to the retailers and manufacturers who suffered losses in her coupon scheme. Her husband was also convicted for supporting the scheme and sentenced to 87 months in prison. What what scheme? I assume, like, if your business is... 
Oh, counterfeit coupons. Mm. See, but that's not a real extreme couponer, though, because the real ones, they only they only use the legitimate coupon. So she's she's a fraud. She's a fake. Okay, we don't we don't claim her. Okay, eight biggest hauls featured on extreme couponing. Let's look and see. Just I don't want to get the scope wrong. I want you to have an idea. Ooh, coupon kid. Uh okay. Okay, he had a stockpile in his home which was worth forty four thousand five hundred dollars, but he only spent one hundred dollars on all of it because of his savvy coupon skills. Um he had his biggest shopping trip to date on the show with all of his coupons and store sales getting him nine hundred eighty nine and ninety eight cents worth of gro dollars how do you say money? You know what I mean, nine hundred dollars worth of groceries for five dollars and twenty three cents. That's what I'm talking about. And don't get me wrong. Are these people like the most financially intelligent? Probably not. Because it's like, again, unless you're in like a doomsday prepper, you know, if the apocalypse is happening, then it's like uno reverse, like these people win. But like for the most part, it's like, what are you going to do with like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of some of the like most obscure things they bought. Like, what are you, what are you going to do with a thousand cans of soup? Are you, are you really gonna consume that much? And the thing is, is like, they get more of the same item before it's all gone. So it's like, they're never, they're never going to consume all of their supply, is what I'm saying. Uh, here's some other big hauls. No, the, the, the extreme coupon, the couponing kid was the most, oh, whoa. Yeah, that was the most impressive, because he had the most cost, the highest cost, but he paid the least. Uh, Fatima's, she got $466 worth of stuff. The total came out to 46 child's play. Come on, that's no couponing, kid. I'm sorry. But this woman did even get 120 containers of yogurt absolutely free. But that's what I'm saying. 120 containers of yogurt that are going to expire in like two, two weeks maximum. What? I mean, if you're donating these things, then like, good for you but like i don't think that's what most of these people are doing they're like yeah i get 120 for free i only need like 10 i'm only gonna use like 10 but i got it for free because i got 120 it's like okay all right now we've lost the plot i'm just saying this show is fascinating and i think you should watch it i think it is the harry styles of tlc shows i said it next ooh, we have one one giant to another one one colossal monster in its own right, to the next. 19 Kids and Counting. Ooh! I feel like this, this show is the prime example of the please stop having kids category. Because it's like, come on. 19 Kids. Like, I get it. And I, I feel like I used to watch this show. Like, like I, I, I knew all of the, like, kids pretty well. I only really cared about, like, the older girls. Which I think was the, was the point. <laughs> But that's neither here nor there. Um, you know, I watched the original show. And then, you know, of course, uh, the stuff about Josh being a predator and, like, a serial cheater on his wife. Uh, that threw a wrench in things. <laughs> uh, watched a really interesting documentary uh, called Shiny Happy People. It's like a four-parter on Amazon Prime. Very interesting talks about the church that the 19 kids accounting family was a part of 
it's not even really a church. It's like an organization. Very interesting. Also very interesting to see that most of the, most of the kids in the show, if not all of the kids in the show that are like speaking out about their upbringing and like about this organization that did them so much harm, I'm pretty sure all of them are daughters. Hmm. I'm sure, I'm sure there's no, there's no correlation though. That has nothing to do with the fact, and um, you know what I'm saying? Okay, but like, but Jill and Derek, they, they're on the show and they kind of do this expose. And I know that Ginger recently came out with a book that I really want to read. Um, Ginger, honestly, I feel like she lucked out. Like she got the hottest husband. She got to like move away from her family and like experience. Like, I don't know. I feel like her and her husband, they're, 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 they're doing their own thing in their own right. But I do think that like, she's one of the most down to earth ones. Um, so shout out to the family. (laughs) Uh, that's just a whole mess. It's just a whole mess. Um, I really think that 19 kids and counting is going to be yet another prime example of children who were put in the spotlight without their consent. Like it's in it's in, it's under the same category as like family vloggers, you know. Uh, all these kids are growing up, and people are gonna have their comeuppance. There's gonna be a price to pay. There's gonna be a price to pay, uh, and I think we're gonna we're we're gonna see a shift. I hope that we're gonna see a shift in the way that child content, like family content, is produced and addressed because. It's very exploitative in nature. Uh, Next, John and Kate plus eight. This one also goes in the please stop having kids category. I remember like occasionally watching this show. I, I don't, not nearly as much as 19 kids and counting. I'm pretty sure, and I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they had eight, she had eight kids at once. Like they were octuplets. Is that, is that true? I'm going to check my facts. Oh, okay, so they had twins and then sex tuplets. <laughs> no octuplets, though, so <laughs> never mind. They don't get the credit. Im- imagine, ha- I can't even imagine, I can't, I can't even imagine existing in my own body. <laughs> I can't even imagine being fully aware in my own body. But then imagine having one body, a baby in your body. But then imagine having six. Hmm? That's just wild to me. I mean, I guess in that instance, though, it's like they had twins. And so they're like, oh, let's go for the third. And then they just like got six more instead of one more. So I maybe in this case, it's not really a please stop having kids. I feel kind of bad now that that's. So maybe it's more of a watch when nothing else is on. Um, now that, you know, this has come to light. Okay, next we have hoarding buried alive. And I'm pretty sure extreme hoarders. I could be wrong. So either the show was like based on or like a branch of that show or maybe that's on another channel, but a show about people who are hoarders. This one is definitely turning trauma into trillions because isn't, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure hoarding is a mental illness or at least like indicative of a mental illness. Like, I, I think it has to do with like you being attached to objects and you, I don't think a well-adjusted person is very likely to become a hoarder. I'm sorry if you can hear that 
banging outside. Um, you, you, like, it's, it's always people who just, like, I just feel so bad for, like, I just, it's like, they hold on to things that, like, have emotional value, and they're obviously traumatized, and, like, usually pretty lonely, and, like, or, or there are some family members that are trying to help them, but they don't know what to do, and even, like, a lot of times I remember watching it, and it'd be like, wow, like, they cleared out their house, like, they're gonna get a brand new start, and then they'd be like, three-month update, they've started hoarding again, and it's like, what was this all for? Because, you know, as as nice as having a team come in and clean, uh, clean their house, you know, as, as, as uh, content-producing as that is, I think what would be more helpful to the person, but less viewworthy, is therapy social worker maybe um counseling but that's not you know those are confidential we can't we can't exploit these people using that you know so yeah i i don't i think if uh i think if this one i i think it was an episode on this show i don't know if it wasn't be quiet it was this guy who his house was full of rats um which you're like, oh, haha, that's funny, but it's like actually not funny, um, because he like considers all these rats his friends, and it's like very obvious that he's just like a lonely individual, and he has like, oh, dude, and he, it, it's obvious that like these rats mean a lot to him. Like he is very protective of them. He takes care of that. Like he lets them take over his house, which is obviously like a health hazard, and like they need to stop that um but I like the way that they did they did it where they had like animal experts come in or or like people that knew what they were doing and they euthanized all of the rats and they let him pick out one um like his favorite one um but so they started taking the rats out and euthanizing them and just like watching him watch all of his like essentially like family members get euthanized again that should not be up for public consumption um this man needs help and i'm not even gonna make a ratatouille joke because it's too sad anyway yeah so hoarding buried alive turning trauma into trillions next my strange addiction Um, I think this one also goes under turning trauma into trillions because, again, these people need help. Like, you're telling me that this, that this, that this man keeps 10 balloons in his house and, like, has dinner with them and, like, has whole backstories for them and he is, like, fine? You know, if that's what you want to do, I guess, like, you do you, but, like, help these people, you know? Like, I feel like it's very much like a, oh, let's let's look at them and laugh, because they're, they're doing something crazy that we can't imagine doing, but, like, for them, it's, like, how they cope, or, like, honestly, I feel like most of the time, just in my layperson experience and, like, what I've, like, heard... Most of the time, these people are, like, they have some deep trauma. That this is, like, a reflection of their trauma. Like, 
One thing that comes to mind, which yet again, I don't know if this story was necessarily on this particular show, but it bears, it bears, uh, it bears telling. It was this, I think it was a girl, like a young woman who was like attracted to roller coasters and and it's kind of like, whoa, you because know, it's like, who's, who, who, you hear that right off the bat, right? And you, if you don't think too hard, if you don't think about the things that I'm like talking about, you think, wow, that sounds weird. I want to know more. And you click, like, it's, it's perfect clickbait. But then like, as you watch it, you're like, this is just really sad. And then like, she kind of tells us more about her upbringing and like her story and stuff. And it's very obvious that she is like traumatized from something in her childhood, and this is just a trauma response, and it's like, okay, like, there's no joke anymore, you know? Um, so yeah, that one also, I feel like it's like, all right, let's, let's maybe not prey on the vulnerable. Okay, next, we're, we're gonna go a little bit more lighthearted on this next one. What not to wear. Now, I went back and forth into how to categorize this one. Um, but I think I want to put it up there with the Harry Styles of TLC shows. I really feel like <laughs> the way, okay, the way that they went about it, I don't think they were a couple. It was just, it was a, a man and a woman. I forget their names. The way that they went about it was very interesting. So like they would have family members or friends like submit their, submit someone to be styled by these two like professionals, right? But like the, the, it wasn't just like, hey, we noticed you need a little bit of fashion help. Like, do you want us? Do you want us to give you like a two thousand dollar budget and like we'll style, we'll show you how to style yourself to like fit your body type? No, they have like, <laughs> they have like family members secretly record videos of like this person's worst outfits, which of course all get put on the show for public consumption, and then the 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 man and the woman stylists they like go and confront this person in public and usually it's like in front of all of their family and friends and they're like yo they're like we you we you style police you got to come with us and like bro imagine how embarrassing that would be especially okay especially if you don't realize that you're dressing in an apparently abhorrent way to these people or like if you don't care it's like, okay, you're embarrassing me in front of all my friends and family, but, but it's hard because it's like they're complicit in it because they're the reason that the stylists are coming, right? Because some, somebody has to recommend you. Like, these people aren't going to recommend themselves. That's the, whole, that's the whole gag is like, these people that think that the way that they dress is fine, but we're going to show them the light. And then like, that's sad. And like some, and so they'll have them like, try on three of their fav their current favorite outfits and they'll just stand in like the on the little pedestal with like the mirrors surrounding them and the 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 man and the woman will just sit there and roast them and it's kind of painful but it is also kind of like a you know not a tough love situation it's like i i really think that deep down they had good intentions but it was just kind of like all right you don't need to like kick them down like after a while it's like the only way they can go is up up but they get rid of all their clothes and then they style them and I feel like genuinely I learned some style tips from 
from this I, I'm gonna I say couple they, they're not like a romantic couple they're just a couple of people of stylists okay I don't remember their names but they I you know I I I remember learning some good fashion tips from them and I really like how they emphasize they're not like you're not you're not conforming your body to the way that you dress like you're dressing the way that your body type already is so like you're dressing to flatter the body type you have instead of like oh I I really want to fit into this so I'm gonna like lose weight you know I I thought that was kind of like a a good thing like a positive thing that they did um and then I was like wow everybody everybody can look good um probably me included but nobody's recommended me for the show yet so tiktok so yeah i think that's a good that's a good show i i enjoy it even if their methods are a little (laughs) a little a little machiavellian i don't i don't know if i use that correctly well because machiavelli is like the end justifies the means right so i guess that would be uh, anyway, next, Long Island Medium. I really don't have anything sh- to say about this show. I just remember seeing a bunch of uh, commercials for it on TLC. So uh, this one, I don't know enough about. Sorry. And the same goes for, unfortunately, 90 Day Fiance. I feel like that is probably one of the most popular shows on TLC, at least like currently or in the past like year or so. Because of, uh, gosh, that one, that one guy, like, Ed, what, was it Big Ed? Let me, let me see. Him. We all, you know him. Yeah, Big Ed, um, who was on the show. <laughs> oh, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. But again, I, I don't, I don't think I've seen an episode of the show. I've just heard people talk about it. So maybe that's something I can get into maybe one day, eventually. Probably not. But... I know a lot of people like it, so I'm sorry I don't have more pe- more things to say about that. Um, okay, next. Here comes Honey Boo Boo. This one is, is another please stop having kids because, I mean, I think this is a, a very classic, if not like original example. Not like original, original. But this is a really good concrete example of like exploiting your child for content. Um, and I think it, I, I know that there was a bunch of controversy and I know that like Honey Boo Boo, I don't remember her actual name. Um, oh, and oh, it's a Toddlers and Tiara's spinoff. Okay, because she's in beauty, child beauty pageants. Okay, but what's Honey Boo Boo's actual name? Alana Thompson. So I think she's spoken out about the show now that she is how old? She's 17. Let's see, let's 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 dig in a little bit. Oh, I think she's made she's made TikToks, but let's see what she has to say about um the show. Cause I have a feeling she's not in favor of it. Um hmm. Graduates from high school. Okay. I, I'm going to have to do a little bit more digging. I'm sure she has a TikTok and does little exposés. Okay, here we go. 
Teen Vogue article called Her Name Is Not Honey Boo Boo. Okay, this, this seems... Okay, so summary of the Teen Vogue article is that Alana Thompson wants you to use her name, which is a sleigh. And uh, I think one of the most notable things is that her mom <laughs> dated a convicted child molester. Uh, allegedly, one of the victims was Honey Boo Boo's sister. So yeah, this is going in Please Stop Having Kids, because at this point, what are you doing? <laughs> like, uh, I have a feeling that, that Alana is going to be one of those kids that turns 18, she's going to leave the house and will never be seen again. And I would not blame her for a second. Okay, the last show that I wanted to talk about, the pinnacle, my favorite TLC show, what I think was really its, at, at least at one point, its prime. Yes, that's right. Our favorite Italian New Jersey boss, boss man. I was going to say boss babe, but that's not it. Cake boss. My name's Buddy. I'm the boss. Where were you? When Cake Boss took the world by storm. Now, I could be over-exaggerating this um, just because of the role that it played in my life. But I remember um, getting hooked on Cake Boss. I remember the first episode I watched was the cake that he made for, it was like, for one of the family members. It was like a Disneyland cake. And, you know, the whole shtick was like, he, and I'm gonna, I'm not, I'm gonna botch the accent, okay, but the the just know the comedic intent is there he's like <laughs> he's like so uh it, it 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 gives the same effect as uh what's the show called uh the one where they remodel the houses for people the chip and joanna fix fixer upper um it, so he, he'll be like oh like like the kid will be like one time he'll be doing a consultation for a cake and he'll be talking to the kid, and he's like, he's like, well, I have kids of my own, I love kids. And he's like, what, what do you like? And, and the kid is, like, holding a truck. And he's like, I, well, I like the color blue, and I like trucks. And so Buddy, Buddy will be like, so what we's gonna do? <laughs> we's gonna make a huge cake. <laughs> We're, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna cut the accent, okay? Because you get it. But he's like, what we're going to do is we're going to make a huge cake. It's going to be a big blue truck. And we're going to put real dirt in it and dump it out onto the child on his birthday. And then, and then <laughs> once all of the dirt is released onto the child, that will trigger a mechanism and that sets off the fireworks that will all be blue because his favorite color is blue. He's going to love it it's 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 the same effect it's like oh you like horses well let me let me give you a horse themed room like i'm trying to think of what my one personality trait would be like if they came in and they had one minute to get to know me in order to design me uh design my room or i guess in this instance design a cake since we're on the topic of cake boss like well let me think i wonder like how my friends and family would describe me because I'm trying to think of how Buddy would make a cake for me. It would probably have cats on it, uh, pigs definitely. Maybe it would be like an animal cake, 
I mean, cats and pigs. Um, definitely, like, some, like, music, theater, you know, maybe it would be, like, a stage. Oh, my gosh, he would do a, a Cats the Musical cake. Well, it's perfect, because it involves cats, musicals, and just the cursed nature of existing. Which I think, you know, it's me. Um, this show, though. No, this show was literally... The reason that I got into cake decorating as a child. Um, like, I got stuff at Joann's. I got, like, the piping bags, the tips, the the fondant, um, the, like, rotating table, the spatulas. You know, I, I, I tried out different buttercream recipes and, like, I got, like, a cake leveler and, like, different cake pans and you know i practiced and learned techniques and like made flowers and stuff like this was no joke i was and i'm i don't waffles come in i don't think i'm exaggerating when i say i legitimately at one point was like that i'm like i am going to work at carlos bakery oh hi waffles i legitimately like that was my goal i'm like i'm gonna get good i'm gonna self-train or like i'm gonna like do classes and like when I grow up I'm gonna go to like cake school and I'm gonna get a job at Carlos Bakery which if you watch the show long enough you realize maybe that's not a good dream uh job because it kind of seems like a nightmare place to work at but he's kind of the worst um he's just like really intense and rude for no reason and he's like oh it's because we're Italian and it's like okay but I mean, it's okay. It's one thing to be like that with your family, but like with just somebody when you're, when you're somebody's boss, okay. When you're just working with somebody, it's like, I don't want to be pied in the face. You know, I don't want to walk out for a cake delivery and have like a pound of flour dumped on my head. Um, I don't want to be yelled at for making a simple mistake. Um, so, I mean, he was really good at what he, at what he does. And, you know, Buddy Velastro's cake decorating skills are are in question. Not that he's a fraud or anything, but just, is he really the best? And at the time, I thought the answer was yes. And we do have to honor him for paving the way. Because I really do think that he, you know, the interest in Cake Boss was what led to so many, like, baking, like, baking competition shows, like Cupcake Wars. And then more directly, like, uh, Duff? the cake maker was that wait duff it was like it wasn't called cake boss it was something similar though um mm, i think he actually ended up doing better than buddy money wise ace of cakes so like shows like that like i think buddy velastro paved the way and for that we do need to show him respect but like as a person he doesn't get any respect from me because it's like, okay, bro. Like, I get that you're a perfectionist. Is he a Virgo? If he's a Virgo, I have to let all this go. Buddy Velastro horoscope. <laughs> you guys, this is why this is why we do Lonely Fans. Cause what other podcast is gonna look up Buddy Velastro from Cake Boss's horoscope sign to analyze his personality? He's a Pisces. Okay, he's not a Virgo, so he gets no excuse for his perfectionism in that case. (laughs) 
So yeah, I, I think in theory, I would have loved at one point, I would have loved to work at uh, Carlo's Bakery, you know, a really famous cake shop. Um, but in practice, there's no way I would quit in the first week, I would get an aneurysm or not an aneurysm, an ulcer. Can you give yourself an aneurysm? I don't, I don't think that's a thing. I would get an ulcer. Um, he would put me in therapy. Like that would not be a good gig for me, but I'm sure there are plenty of other bakeries that are much more pleasant to work at. Um, you know, not quite as famous as world famous maybe country famous, I don't know about world famous, but the most interesting part of the, about the show is that when I went with my family to visit um, some places in the east, we actually went to Carlo's Bakery, mm-hmm. you know, we were like the Disneyland family, we were there at Rope Drop, um, <laughs> we, you know, we studied up beforehand, you know, about opening times, when's the best time to get there, and complete, not by design, just kind of like completely out of luck. We met um, Buddy's sister, Madeline. She literally, she came out to say hi for like a minute. And we were the people that were closest to her. And so we got to take a picture with her. And then Buddy's mom, his, his mother who has since sadly passed away, um, she came out and said hi to the people when we were waiting outside. So I wasn't expecting to meet anybody. I mean, in the show, they make it seem like, oh, all the sisters are working at the front desk the whole time. And like, that's not the case. Um, Now, and the tea is, you know, the people, I'm sure the people want to know. And I think what the people want to know is, were the baked goods actually good? And I'm here to report that, yes, they were actually really good. I think I got some sort of like, chocolate lava mousse cake thing that was really good um i think i got i got a cannoli you know it's a classic um i feel like i got one other thing like a cupcake or something now i have a theory that the items that you can just buy um in the bake shop window those are probably good I suspect, and this is probably true of all cake places, but I suspect that, like, the bigger cakes probably, like, the, the ones that he does on the show, like, the huge ones that, like, have the mechanics and, uh, and whatnot, I, those probably don't taste as good just because, like, they're, it's not, it's not gonna be as fresh. They, they have to use, like, a different ratio of frosting and fondant to make sure that it looks its bit. Like, I think form over function, or wait, yeah, that's not the best way to put it. But you, you, like, they prioritize how it looks over how it tastes. And I also noticed in the show, uh, most of the time, I mean, they do eat the cake, the actual like big cake that was presented that was the focus of the whole episode. But oftentimes, like, the bakery will bring along sheet cakes for the people to eat. Which I think in that case, those are probably like, if I went to a party and had a cake boss cake like I would go right for the sheet cake and not the actual like big spectacle cake because that's probably the worst tasting part so uh but yeah I know Carlos Bakery has since expanded uh I don't really know what it's up to right now I maybe I'm thinking about Giada at home (laughs) I'm mixing up my uh reality tv or whatever that would be called I'm I'm mixing up my 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 cable influencers 
Um, Buddy Velastro marriage. I I, I want to say that they got a divorce. I don't want to say it. Oh, no. Is Buddy Velastro still married? Yes. Okay. Cool. Um, is Cake Boss still married to Lisa? Yeah, I think so. Oh my gosh, remember that episode when Buddy fired his sister? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Like, don't don't work with family. Like, it makes for great reality TV, but like, don't work with your family if you want to like enjoy your day-to-day life is kind of what I'm I don't know, maybe some families it would work, but in the case of the Velastro family, no. So I would definitely put this in the Harry Styles of TLC shows category. And that concludes our our discussion, our our deep dive into the old TLC shows. I know there are a lot of new ones now, and I don't even think it's necessarily called TLC anymore. Is it the Discovery Channel now? Or is that something different? I don't know. Uh, I, I just want to look it up real quick. What is TLC Channel called now? I think it's the Discovery Channel. Uh, why did they change their name? But what is it called now? Oh my gosh, bro. It's not letting me click on the link. Okay, well. Well, it's supposed to stand for the Learning Channel, not Tender Loving Care, which I think makes, that that tracks. Um, Okay, my internet's deciding to be slow, so I cannot answer that question. What What is it called now? Let's just go with the Discovery Channel. I don't know if that's correct, but you can do your own research, okay? Lonely fans are a cut above, okay? You need to take the time to do the work, quite frankly. Because <laughs> you already know that I don't do the work for you. So I do the bare minimum. Uh, and that's and I stand by that. That's actually not true. Again, I'm a Virgo. I You can excuse my my behavior. Buddy Velastro, however, is not a Virgo. We cannot excuse any of his uh, perfectionistic, you know, it's an explanation, but it's not an excuse. Um, Like, okay, you don't need to fire your sister. Well, maybe he did. I don't know. His sister Mary is kind of, maybe I would have fired her too. I don't know. Um, At the end of the day, uh, I want to know what you guys think. So make sure to respond to the little prompt on Spotify. Um... I want to know like what what which one of my opinions do you agree with? Which opinions do you disagree with? What were your favorite TLC shows? Um were there any that, like big ones or ones that you liked that I forgot? Let me know. Um as for uh previous episodes, you know, after now that this episode is finished, I like to advertise um my previous I like to advertise my my two most recent podcast episodes before this, you know, in case you want to dive into something right away. So my last episode was a while ago. I plan on posting more consistently. Y'all know how that goes. You you get what you get when you get it. All right. This is what I get. Th- this is a podcast for the people. Okay. I... I was going to say I don't make a single cent. That's not true. Uh, I, I feel really bad. If you're listening and you're still subscribed to my Patreon, unsubscribe because I'm not providing any content on there at the moment. I don't know. Maybe if this podcast blows up, I'll do it again. But come on. I, I, I got to now that I have like a full full time big girl job, like 
I gotta have a little bit more pull than that, you know what I'm saying? Um, so the previous episode was where I talk about how the Swifty fandom got me to delete my social media, that whole debacle. And then the episode before that is I rated movies based on uh, which ones I would show to my first grade students. That one, that was a wild ride as well. Uh, and feel free to look at other episodes if you're, if you're interested. And I will see you, I'm not even going to say next week, I will see you when I see you. It's like that, that the different kinds of, uh, oh, I learned this in, I think I learned it in either psychology or uh, economics. It was something in my senior year about like the different kinds of motivation. And it's like, okay, most of us get paid at like regular intervals, but like sometimes you like, you're, you're, you work harder when you don't know when you're getting, or you work the hardest when you get paid like per thing that you do, right? Because it's like the more that I do, the more I get paid. But you also work hard when you get like paid randomly. That's like the second most. I don't remember the psychology. The point is, you're not going to know when I'm going to release the next episode. It's going to hit you. And I think the serotonin boost that you're going to get from seeing that notification is worth more to you than my commitment to post on a weekly basis. (laughs) I have no idea if that's true, but I, I am saying it so. So I will see you next time I see you.